Jones, the crazy hairdresser, um, Studio 158, Fashion and Go-Go. I want to bring you the hottest news in hair industry. So my history is I've been doing hair for 38 years. That's 38, okay? I've had four salons and I've had 55 assisted training programs. So I feel that now that I'm not a salon owner, I can be candid, honest, and approach this with all my energy and have so much fun. So stand by, because we got some podcasts that are going to blow your brain. Welcome to the Fashion A Go-Go podcast. Good morning, Julianne Jones, Fashion A Go-Go, with a very special guest today who I'll introduce briefly. But when your, your producer says to just get after it and get on and start filming, that's what we're going to do. Today, I am proud to introduce Shauna. What's your name? Shauna what? Shauna Cruz? Shauna Cruz, your prophet? Shauna Cruz. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a little experience about owning salons. Uh, Shauna, how long? Tell us about the loft and how many years you were in. 18 and a half, which at that point you can just round up to 20. Yeah. And I'm Mm -hmm. 20 years uh, to what? I think it was uh, March 3rd, 2001 till December 15th, 19. So we, we have a lot of seasoned um, information about booth rent versus chair rent. And we've done the, the, the money parts and Shauna's had, had a, an amazing career. Booth rent versus chair rent versus W2 versus 1099 versus all the fucked up ways that owners figure out how to pay people without actually paying people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what we want to know about. That's the shit people really want to know. Cause you know, I, we, we fought, I think we've stayed up all night once figuring this out and we realized that it comes to the same amount of money, but unless you're hiding cash, right. that's where we came down yes. to. Yes. But also, right. Shauna had a very structured uh, learning process with her um, her assistance and her levels of education and providing education. And I think that's one thing that we, when we met, I opened my I opened the Studio 158 on uh, the first week I was there. I walked up to the loft. And I, I introduced myself and she about fell over. I was like, hey, because I had just done the same thing like four or five years earlier with no response, like crickets from all the salons on the street, which this was one of those streets where it's like, the you know, you're living in kind of a podunk little town and it has one drag that actually has the cool shit. And yeah. so all the salons, I think at one point there were 17 salons within like eight blocks, even more. I think <laughs> by the time you left and I was on the DBA, it was like when you got to 20. And then now with the epidemic and with all the PPE and interviewing salon owners to really get across it, how much work they've actually jumped through um, to keep their places open. And then financially, it's just too difficult. And um, I mean, I know you've seen you're helping. Shauna has a company called Cruise Your Profits, and she's been helping hairdressers really gain financially during COVID or I say break even or even less than that, but um, you're helping a lot. You know what happened was I was just so moved. Uh, You know, I think it was like our second shutdown and I was so pissed watching these news conferences and seeing like these perfectly coiffed, politicians up on stage who you know those mofos have been getting haircuts. Oh shit, yeah. And and I felt like our entire industry just got so marginalized that oh, it yeah. pissed me off. No, when I was put in a in a, into a, uh, purple with hookers, prostitution, right. bowling alleys, yeah. I kind of took offense to it. Yeah. I'm thinking, yeah. I think I, I commented on my last podcast, where the hell was Newton getting his haircut? Right. I mean, yeah. lingerie cuts yeah, here? Because yeah. that was real. I mean, business owners that were men, that thought they could work the industry almost like prostitution with having salons that made money and they didn't really have a concept of what to do and how to train people. And, you know, Sean and I tested our people. So we weren't real popular um, when it came to uh, 
you know, hiring and uh, putting them through the ropes. And is that I had an important cable down there. I had assistance. No, it's the dog, and he's okay. going to go away now. I just want to make sure this isn't supposed to be connected um, to something. No, it's okay. We can talk on. You just keep talking. I got well, the cord. Just talk to the camera. Can you get out? Come on, man. And get 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 it out there about like our friendship's been the most important, um, and how we've really put our. I think I put my employees over my career for so long to make sure they were busy, and then when in, in retrospect. You know, all I did was at the end was I was cleaning and uh, and I and I, I really took a setback with that when somebody I walked in my salon on a Friday one day and there was towels and trash and no no um, customer service. And and um, they looked at me like I was the rescue cleaning Hazel that was coming in to uh, rescue them from being pigs. And I I made that decision that day that this is not the direction that I wanted to be in anymore. So. Therefore, um, you know, it was, it was a hard process after owning a salon for that long. But, you know, I think we got out in time. I mean, we did the weeds. Oh, I'm so but, grateful. I'm so yeah. grateful that I'm not a salon owner during all this. I know. I, my heart goes out to all the salon owners out there. I mean, honestly, my heart goes out to salon. My heart goes out to anybody who's making their soul living in this business. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a whole lot of people that are, you know, doing a few people on the side. It's kind of their side hustle. And that's great. But when you're living off of this and you're supporting a family, oh yeah, you know, yeah. then you do what you got to do. You know, I will say it's so funny because I've always been so um, righteous about home hair. Oh, me you know, too. Certainly as a salon owner, because, you know, as an owner, you're always worried that your staff is like doing clients on the side and, and, and undercutting the business. Yeah, of, course, of course, of course. They and then here we are at a point when, like the restaurant industry got shafted in the beginning. Yeah, and yeah. then, and then of course there's one of those, like now there's, everybody's aware of the restaurant industry, which is lovely. And oh, I, yeah. I'm happy about that. And I felt, I still felt like the salon business just sort of got like, just fucking swept under the rug. But I will say the only salvation that we had is that we could still actually work on the side and it's so degrading and just feels so shitty and feels so yeah, like, yeah. Ugh, you well, know, you've you know, 30 years to perfect a craft and to be a professional. And the next thing you know, you've got someone bent over, ass in the air, mm-hmm. half their entire face is wet, their makeup's running. Uh-huh, and you're yeah. like, oh, I'm so and sorry. I'm sorry. And I, I, I saw it live because I first kept brought my clients home before anybody else because someone in town, who I'll probably spit her name out at some point, but um, I, they, the city was called that I was doing mm-hmm. hair. And, you know, I've trained 55 of them. and you know that how cunning they know that I am. I'm not going to not do hair, you right? know. Right. Uh, but I, you know, I, and everybody I is everybody. Everybody was doing it on the side. Everybody has been doing yeah. it. I mean, that's just. And here's the thing: you have a choice not to do it. And if you don't want to do it, that's totally fine. Well, yeah, but, if you have somebody you're like hungry. Yeah, if you have a second income coming yeah, sure. in and you're you're paying yeah. you're, you're you're home doing brewing and um, cooking and posting images of we right. shouldn't go back to work. What about people that were single moms well, and, and that were, weren't not getting, they weren't getting any people. I was going to say that, well, the unemployment thing, that was a total shitstorm because the unemployment, if you were a W2 employee, this was the time that it actually served you well. Or if you were an owner that was incorporated because now you could file for unemployment where the government dropped the ball was on, they eventually came in with this PUA, the, pandemic unemployment assistance, which is the first time in the history that they've ever done assistance for people who are self-employed. But it really shone a hard, bright light on the volume of our business, of our industry that is independent, um, like solopreneur um, with really no backup plan, no real savings accounts, Uh no, no, no support from any government, you know, 
let's not talk about like disability and health insurance and oh, all God. that crap. I mean, yeah. that's a whole nother I mean, I, I, I can't believe what I've heard. I mean, I have relatives that didn't make money ever, that haven't ever worked. And here they're getting $4,000. $4,000. Now they're getting for their kids too. Mm-hmm. Well, these people have been living off the government, off right. of the grid, and then off the government. Yeah, right. And then now we're off the grid again. And, and, um, and who's paying for this? It's yeah. like, you know, they didn't have money before. They've never paid into an uh, in unemployment. And here right. I am, you know, grasping, you're helping me get stuff. And, I've applied for a bunch of loans. Well, that's a whole other issue is that then, so so for me, what happened was, like, I was getting calls from people just because I have this weird, like, dual-purpose brain that has a creative side, but also has that super weird Oh, according to part, Joyce, you don't have a creative is, side. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just drafting off of you. That's right. I forgot about that. According to Joyce, you're not creative. That's my job. Yeah. No, and according to, to your mom. According to Joyce, I have zero worth yeah, in the just, world at you all. You know what? You just, no. You're just a piece of But she can see right through me. Oh, so. oh, yeah. She's a Pisces. She's got it down. Yeah, she's an evil Pisces. But um, And then your mom says that I suffered. Uh, your mom's PTSD a, or something yeah, like PTSD that. PTSD yeah, PTSD from owning salons because every yeah. time somebody said they wanted to like talk to me at the end of the day, like I'd shut down going, okay, go ahead and leave now. Just yeah, go right, ahead. Right, get right. your shit. Get Which out. Is, that is your number one fear. I know, it's like when, it, when, when you get the text on the I weekend, talk, yeah. can I talk? Your, your you're, you might have already packed up. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and then, then when, at the end of my rope, when I'd go in and they did pack out and they'd leave me mm. a thank you mm-hmm. letter and realize that, oh, good, now I'm $800 off on my budget yeah. for you too now. It's just I, got I jacked up. Through this, I, you know, it was starting to happen before this. And then now with the whole pandemic situation, like I have felt for a while, like something has got to shift in our business. Yeah. Like, why is it so stylist versus owner? Why is there, why is there that terrible friction? Like, how is it? And like, you were always, you've always been a much more generous spirit heart-wise than I have been. I'm much more of that kind of analytical well, business brain that like that's tightens up. That's why you were less popular than fun. me. <laughs> for sure. I know. For sure. I was popular with the ones who liked uh, things Structure. to always be the same way. Yeah. The consistency and, you know, all or that. I just but, collected a bunch of yeah. artists and, and my, my staff, I mean, I was so proud of them for the first 10 years. I mean, we were banging out together we were the perfect couple. I'm like Shauna and her spreadsheets and Julianne and her big mouth. I mean, we got to, I got to be on the front of the limelight and then behind that was, it. That was another Joyce story. Yeah. Cause you're not creative at all. And I am well, that I'm stealing your thunder. Oh yeah. I see. Yeah, and and yeah. we don't, we won't mention the amount of times that the media was, gets it backwards. Like yeah, we're, always, we're yeah. doing work at her salon and pictures are her salon, but the credit goes to me or we're doing work at my salon and the credit goes to her. Like, Julianne Julianne went and do press releases and I'd move on to the next project where you, you fully would be sitting down writing where I'm putting out fucking fires, you know, like, Oh, you know, models Uh, that didn't show up and designers that were really (laughs) um, designers that like couldn't get their shit together. And one time it was a show, a recycled show that we did, which we got into, I mean, everybody thought it was their show and it was, it's a show. It's a box show that comes from Ventura. It's not anybody's show, Wendy. So, um, we would get uh, people would get on our ship, but Sean and I were teamed up. Where I'd even go to the loft and and do pinup for you, or right, you know, yeah, oh yeah, we need bullet hair called yeah, bullet hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's not soft and sexy, and I don't do Victoria's Victoria <laughs> Secret, but damn it, Ricky was all day. Amy Winehouse, I got so um, and cost. But the Amy Winehouse after she's rolled around for a few days. Well, after remember the one, there's one particular stylist at Fashion Week that to actually 
curled hair, it's day five of mashing week, and the model's hair is disgustingly dirty, and yeah. it's, it's very yeah. volatile, and takes an iron, re reels it down, gets ready, it. it starts smoking, yeah. and the hair came off with the iron, yeah. and we were just like, he never came back. I mean, we've all told our clients that the smoke is from the product on the. Oh hair. no, in that true. case, that was not the <laughs> it's a pocket curl, and you yeah. run like hell. These are models. Like, sorry, you won't have hair on the top of your head for oh a couple years. So um, that's why model hair is always uh, a disaster. nasty. It's all yeah. yeah. So, but no, I think we've been through the weeds. I mean, well, I think one time I called you and I said, "Oh man, I got five people leaving," mm -hmm. and you're like, "Yeah, but you have five left." <laughs> And then Fran and Louise Ronalds would say, Julianne, don't worry. They travel in herds. It's so true. It's like one is so coming. True. I mean, I, the salon owner, I bought the first Studio 158. She was supposed to retire. So mm -hmm. I wasn't looking out for her. But when she started having meetings on Saturdays with my staff, right. I'd come in and I'm like, what's going on? Yeah. Oh, we're having a meeting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Really? Because I'm not invited and I'm the owner. So everybody <laughs> needs to get I the F that. out. I you know, like. That. If you can't shut your trap and be a I think it, well, I think it, at the end of all that, it ended up being like nine people from you. Well, right? no, that and second had, time was nine. Okay, I okay, lined them upstairs right. like yeah. a shooting. Yeah. <laughs> shooting. I'm like, everybody has one hour to get their shit out because somebody else was going to open a salon. And when they don't tell you, yeah. you know, their intent is to use you. And yeah. we all know this. Yeah. And so putting out fires. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like. How do we start? Like, so I have this crazy con. Well, I don't know if I want to share my concept. Well, that's a concept. I have a concept. Somebody rip you off. You might right. change it. I know. I know. <laughs> um, but I just, I feel like there has to be a change. Like, it doesn't work the way it is. The solo model, to be honest, and oh, we call so it the solo. Well, you think it's awful. I actually think it's quite brilliant because it it legitimizes and it clarifies. My my issue with the booth rent salon has always been there's no clarity. The customer coming in doesn't know that the stylist providing the service is actually the business owner is actually responsible 100% for their experience. And the owner is trying desperately to create this experience for the customer. But the ultimate thing is your customer as the owner of a rental salon, your customer is the stylist. So yeah, you spend yeah, yeah, more yeah, energy yeah. making them happy, making sure that they have enough storage, making oh, sure that the cleaning is done, making sure that the receptionist is there, making sure that, you know, you spend all this energy making sure that your stylists are happy because the reality is they're the ones that are your customer. Yeah. Not the actual end customer. Well, no, taking care of your stylists. I think we were brilliant at it. Um, you know, I had a beautiful staff for 10 years and then, you know, it's all it takes is uh, cancer spreading through the salon and saying, I'm not going to work and do that anymore. Well, that's fine for you to do, but for a young person coming in, this is what they needed. Mm -hmm. They needed mm -hmm. structure and learning how to do shows and, and do backstage and do makeup and do sound and do lighting and, and make decisions on music. And, um, so, and paying for well, the staging too. I, I mean, for street fairs, it was a grand a pop every time I put them outside. And then I tried to not try to, I did actually make the transition from a rental salon into a all commission based W2 employee salon. And that was a brutal five years. I felt yeah. like I had this bucket with a bunch of holes in the bottom. And as yeah. quickly as I'm pouring water in the top of it, you know, building structure and building systems and building benefits and all that, they're fucking leaving. Yeah, you know, they go to, I feel like it was like Noah's Ark had come to pick them up yeah. two at a time. <laughs> always, yeah. Two at a time. <laughs> all right. How many people are leaving this time? Okay. Yeah. Um, it's never an individual. But, but it got down for me towards the end. And I, you know, I'm, I, I mean, I'm, I was shocked that people are like, they're 30 and they're like, well, my work-life balance is more important. What do you mean by that? You want to what? Work what? Two days? What? What are you going to do? I mean, 
oh, yeah. I want to go to wherever. Or I'm, I said, no, this is my turn. Yeah. I've been doing hair for 38 years and I finally get, I don't, I'm not trapped anymore. So, I mean, I think it's wonderful to sit back and go, okay, the best parts of my career and what I did and what I want to do. But I think working for um, YHS and Alan Bush was a second chance for me. It's like, who gets a call at, you know, 57, six years old, or wait, it was 55 probably. I said, hey, Julianne, do you want to do stage work again? Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. I'll, I'm a dog and show mm-hmm. pony. You know, Alan's got it down, but um, he recognizes characteristics in me that I'm just, I work a room beautifully when mm-hmm. I'm out and that's what they needed. Mm-hmm. So I look forward to like, you know, the race and all the people, my old, see where they're at now. But for us, I mean, I don't, I think Robert Irvine summed it up, man, we went through the weeds and I, I mean, money wise and well, uh, and you know, the reality is every salon owner does like really, yeah. you know, every salon owner does, There's like almost never do you, you meet a salon once you, and really truly every business owner does. Once you've been in business long enough, you're going to hit every fucking pit, pitfall. The only one I never had to deal with was a lawsuit. <laughs> Like yeah. most businesses go through some version of a lawsuit. Um, I had to deal with, you know, workers comp. I well, had to deal with unemployment. I had to deal with your whole staff leaving. I had yeah, to deal with, I, I, you know, landlord problems. Oh yeah. I had with, all that. You know, check, yeah. Check, all check, that, all check, that stuff check. was like regular. Um, but, yeah. But the worst one was going to unemployment court knowing that, that they were completely working yeah, for yeah, someone for sure. else that yeah, I didn't I want to throw that. under the bus. And, yeah. and here's, they're getting unemployment yeah. and because of, whatever reason i i think it was that 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 they the unemployment card just looks at as an owner as somebody that makes a lot of money and takes advantage of poor poor people mm-hmm. uh working mm-hmm. making them work their finger to the bone but ultimately i worked my finger to the bone like 12 hour days uh, every other week because i had my son when he was mm-hmm. little but people don't want to they look at us now or look at me my schedule was i couldn't even hire an assistant towards the end once right. they look at my books and think that i have like 13 <laughs> yeah. people a day they're like oh hell no yeah. So, so the weird part, the, the weird part, and I know that I'm a little bit of a dissenter on this, but I, um, I, you know, we've been sort of shitting on the millennials for a really long time because you're definitely right. There's like that whole concept of uh, work, you know, as long as you work and you're dedicated, you will be successful, period. And then I know there's a certain amount of disenchantment because then they see people like our generation who did work. And was, you know, successful, quote unquote, but mm-hmm. not like the kind of, we're not talking, uh, fucking, what's his Facebook dude? What's his name? We're not talking that kind of success. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, and so what you have is like this huge disparity. Once technology came along, then you have this huge disparity between like, like basically labor that you produce with your hands, craftsman work mm-hmm. versus, uh, labor that you produce with your mind. And the labor that you produce with your mind is much easier to, duplicate, uh, you know, monetize, um, you know, automate all of that. So that's, that's another thing with, with the whole hair business. It's a challenge is like, you know, the creating value and, and Uh the customer perception of value and, and pricing what we should price uh-huh. and providing the service that we should provide, not taking the bullshit. Yeah. I had this, I, you know, I had to shut it down. Um, I, I mean, I, I was formally trained. So, and I, I know that means to me, I was not ever a hobby hairdresser. Mm-hmm. I started when I got bored and went back to college in 1989. It was because I felt like I was missing something. Mm-hmm. So I, I rolled back in Palomar and I, at that time I got picked up by Ava, Ava products to be a choreographer. So everything was lining up. 
in my world of what I really wanted to do. And I'm um, getting myself in front of um, in front of the camera and at Alan uh, working for Alan Benfield Bush and Jim Markham was was probably the best thing that ever happened to me because I got to go to L.A. and see what was going on at Sassoon before that. I mean, it was hard. to It was hard to um, commute and go to Vidal Sassoon. It was very expensive. And that's when yeah. we were hands on. And I think what Alan and I talk about is people are not getting formally trained because coming right. off of COVID, I'm fixing haircuts, a lot of them. And it's just because people haven't had their haircut in a year and they want a specific look. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's a Firefly or Dorothy Hamill. It may not happen, but something that's current. Mm-hmm. But the idea is that that education in haircutting, right. it's right. not just you accidentally learn how to cut hair. Right. It's no. a very honed no. skill. And it's taken me years. And you know. and I feel the same way about color. Yes. You know, you can't just pull out the card of your favorite client that you like the way their hair color turns out and do it on every client that looks sort of like that client. Like no, that's not hair color well, knowledge, you know. And and this is one back to the whole, like, I, I actually, to be honest, I always loved, Red Kennel used to have a slogan that was like, where art meets science yes. or yeah. something like that, which is 100% what the beauty industry is. It is. So if you think about, you're talking about, and, and the whole, like math, for instance, let's just talk about math for a second. Oh, yeah, okay? this, is your, so, this is your chance, your topic. You well, but no, no, but the thing is, is that for, for people to think that hairdressers don't have to be smart is so crazy because you have to know not just not just have talent but right. you have to know math which is all the geometry and all the ratios and all the fractions mm-hmm. and you have to know the science you have to understand how chemicals work how they interact with the body how they interact with yeah. hair how they interact with each yeah. other mm-hmm. so and you really aren't going to be successful like really successful until you know those things i know and you know we said i think alan alan you know you know Ava achieved balance of business and art it was there a, we needed to be smart behind the chair, work harder, not you know, work smarter, not harder. We needed to um, in, in, in use assistant programs. If you, and that's what mm-hmm. I was good at because I started off, I, I couldn't shampoo. My hands aren't mm-hmm. waterproof. And after the 80s and doing all those perms, I mean, you know, <laughs> it was constant. I mean, three a day here. Oh, my God. Can we yeah. spiral perms? Spiral perms. I don't, really want to, I don't really want to get on that topic because no, that topic, like, Nobody will do thank it right. God it finally died. But no, I still do. I do still a couple oh, of years. And I, I, the last time I did one, I I had the, these, these you know, tensor rings that were so oh, old God. that they were, like, popping tension. open because oh, they yeah. couldn't stay close because they, they were so, so brittle. heavy. Yes. And they ripped hair out. Our clients oh, had to take Advil before along with a bottle of wine just to get through. No, no, no. It. It, 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 but they were heavy. Yeah, they were super and heavy. Then and then browners came just, out. Yeah. They were lighter. But I mean, but you know, so here's here's what I was gonna say is that, um, and this is like where where for me what it is 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 the idea that you have this creative person who's super brilliant in their craft, and this is like the craftsmanship conversation. They're super brilliant in the craft, and yet the only disadvantage is that somehow I was just I was working on my um i was writing i was doing a new website and i'm working on my bio this morning and i was thinking about like what is the issue with creative people and money like where is the pro like what is the thing that why is it that creative people are always afraid to deal with money it's not i, I okay. well but here, here was i, I Okay, can I give you, I'll yeah. give you my theory. Anyway. Okay, give me my theory. theory. I'll give you, I'm I'll give you my Because okay. this is where Juliana and I kind of split the path, the fork in the road happens, and I go down the like money analytical side, and she goes down the creative side. And it's brilliant, because to me, what I love and appreciate, I love and appreciate you and your, like, your brain. Like, yeah. I admire it, Chicken. you know? Yeah, 
but it's like I just have a total like I it's the whole beach ball idea you know we, the beach balls covered all the different colors and you have to appreciate every color because every color makes up the beach ball mm -hmm. and so the uniqueness of each individual style of person so anyway but the whole creative thing um I feel like creative people when you're like from birth you're told like oh this is my creative child Yes. This is my smart child. Yes. And somehow they aren't in the same person. And this is my awkward child. Yeah. And this is my clumsy child. And right, but I, this is the this is this good one, good at school one, and this is my creative child. And yeah. parents use the word creative a lot to basically insinuate sparkling personality, but a little dumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that is just wrong. No, and right. it makes me crazy. I get it. It makes I get me it. crazy. And and then what happens is People who are creative grow up with this mindset that I don't have the capacity for this, which is just not true. Well, no, it takes it. I mean, to I mean, for me, when I joined BNI, this is how bad it was. I couldn't I couldn't figure out what cog I was missing. Mm. Like, seriously, I, I have a CPA that got mm -hmm. me out of hot water for not mm -hmm. being payable taxes once because uh, yep. uh, in 2008, overnight, my fifty thousand dollar line of equity was at zero right. because yep. of what was going on. And I paid the air conditioning guy instead of pay payroll taxes. Right, but right. this guy's standing here in front of me, and he just did right, eight yeah. grand worth of work. And what you don't know is EDD is a motherfucker. Well, yeah, I got yeah. flagged, and <laughs> I didn't have any open my accounts, and there was no money in all of yeah, them. I'm like, yeah. well, where did it go? And poof, gone. The IRS got it. So I've been through that stuff. And, I mean, I'm downstairs. Now I know why I was so busy being busy without being productive. It's like mm -hmm. all I did was put out fires and clean yeah, up, right. and yeah. Uh, yeah. you know. Um, and it's interesting because, you know, you listen to why can't I be successful? And it's like, well, I don't think you realize how much studying I did putting into learning how to cut hair. Mm -hmm. I mean, Alan, right. yeah. Alan stood over me and yeah. Alan, that was yeah. it in his office. Mm -hmm. And it was, he would say, that's a damn good side, but you missed the other one. And I was like, shit, I'm not nervous. Mm -hmm. No, but we would cry. Stephen Moody, I, he could look at me sideways. And, uh, plus I thought it was so cute. I'm like. You know, his heartthrob is David Bowie and Stephen Moody. <laughs> I hate to admit that I, one of my prouder things is knowing, like, I there's a story going around that Shauna will make me cry. I did, yeah. Well, I, 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 oh, my God. I, I thought, you know, I thought. Like I, a new assistant. Yeah. Like, they never wanted to work with me yeah, because that, I would make them cry. Well, I didn't even know I'm last like, names what? for the first I year. Like, I, I, yeah. I never, ever intended that. Well, no. But it just was, like, hard, it you know? Is, and you're it is. you're in your groove and you're banging and you've got to, like, get the shit done and and people are just not moving or getting it fast enough. You know, I, I took one. I, it was testing day for this one young stylist at one of my salons. And I, I tested her, and I, I, w I was perplexed. I'm like, she's not ready for the floor. Right, if yeah. she thinks that's a good haircut, then we yeah. have issues. So I've t I sent her back to her, her trainer. Mm -hmm. And she said, I don't have a use for her. And I was thinking, you just spent a year you're supposed to be training mm -hmm. somebody that's going to hit the floor. And they're not even ready, not even close, mm -hmm. not even mm -hmm. kind of close. Yeah. It was like, how could you yeah. push that through because you're too lazy to make sure you're, or how you're training? Well, or cause, just because it didn't training, matter. Training, and this is why I had such a structured training program, because training takes effort. And, you know, shout out to Jared Bernstein and mm -hmm. Samantha, mm -hmm. um, because they basically ultimately ran my training program. And right. um, and it, it started with a... Um, you know, we started with the sort of structure that we had known from previous experiences uh -huh. and then morphed it to be our own. But it was and it was really structured because I felt like it was critical that the new young stylists understand what their path was. Right. Like we could lay out their path. 
Because then it also takes a little pressure off of you because then they can hold you accountable. Right. Like if you're not, you as the uh, trainer uh -huh. isn't, isn't uh -huh. meeting the benchmarks, then you're actually like, once you've agreed to like a process and you've agreed to a structure, then, right. then both sides can hold the other side accountable. Not that people would have the courage to do that, but they really should have. Well, and you, you know, know, in my salons, I had, I, we had meetings once a month mm -hmm. and, and we, it went beautifully for years until one person stood up and wanted to be paid to be there. And it was like, right, yeah. they're booth renters. You're getting confused again. Oh, you're you talking know? about at a meeting. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a whole nother I know, I know, but it's like, yeah. um, if I was being paid, yeah. I would pay you. But it's a rental. Yeah. But you know, and, you, you, okay. it, and then when you got to the point where some of them okay, were so nasty about it. Okay, so this is why it. I think that the Sola model was smart, because the Sola model, the Sweets model, I'm going to call it that. Let's okay, not give that much that. credit to Sola, because okay, Sola the model. took over our market, uh -huh. but other markets have a different name for the Sweets model. So it's the Sweets model. But the bottom line is that it made it ex exceptionally clear that the stylist actually is a business owner. Even if it is just themselves with a chair, they're the only person responsible for what happens. I know, but when they tell you the reason they're leaving is because they want to decorate. I want, oh, it's always the way it is. It's always the way it is. And I go, have fun with that. Yeah, Because they don't realize that all the other bullshit that comes with being an owner is actually now in their lap. Yeah, here's, so, here's my right. towels. So now you have to negotiate your merchant processing fees, and uh -huh. you have to talk about yeah. your towels, uh -huh. and you have to do that, exactly. Yeah, you got to get ass yeah. black if you get it and injured. The, or you have if to... something isn't good, the customer coming in knows very, very clearly that you're, that it's, that you're the person that's responsible for it. Yeah. They don't blame the salon owner well, for something that their stylist is doing. they used to call me for a refund, and I had to explain right. these are, these are you That know, was the turning point rental. for me. When I, when I started switching from rental to uh, commission was when I had to refund money to a customer that I never saw the money only because I was trying to protect my name. Well, what like about, I literally wrote it off as an advertising policy. Yeah, but let, look at our spog. Like when I started getting, when I, when I had time to figure out where you'd help me like break down like year end with how much it costs to run a spa. No, it was, it, it wasn't expensive. property because yeah. Yeah, the employees would go in yeah. there for half price and you really yeah. didn't know what they were doing because yeah. they didn't care because they weren't paying for it. Right. Well, like I had to do the math one time on, I had, what was it? It was about, mm, I'm going to say, let's see, or uh, probably 150 square feet that was dedicated to two nail stations with that only had one part-time manicurist because the whole manicuring world was like, dying was, oh my gosh, having like a high-end manicurist is just not a thing. No, and you're charging 125 yeah, for like just a pedicure. Really and at that point, you, and, and yet, ironically, even though a manicurist could theoretically make the same volume as a hairdresser somehow manicuring booth rent was always half as much as a hairdresser well, and, I think, and then they took up all this space yeah they like so and they yeah. keep bringing more shit in from hair shows like i got a paraffin right. dip now well yeah we can put it right in your car so i finally made the choice to bust it all out and put in a washing machine and dryer yeah and i got your manicures <laughs> <it. I> <laughs> but i was spending a thousand dollars a month on, on linen service no yeah. on linen service and collecting four hundred dollars a month yeah. On a manicure. Yeah. Like, that doesn't, that math doesn't yeah. work out. My, my last, my last straw was one of my, uh, my younger assistants who just went on the floor, um, told me that she wants to work one day a week. Okay. Well, yeah. that's not going to work for me. Your $50 right. yeah. is not covering anything other right. than not even toilet tissue for the month. Mm -hmm. And then, so they, they kept lowering their, so that's an, I, and now owners have to lower their expectations right. too, where I wasn't willing to. Where, in what world? Does rent stay the same for 20 Since years? 28. Because I was 40, literally 40. charging I $250 a week for rent in 1996. Yeah. Wait. 
Yeah. No, I'm so sorry. No, I lied. No, that no, was, that so was your I opened in 98. So 2001, I was charging $250 a month for rent. We are literally 20 years later and $250 a week, sorry, not a month, $250 a week is still the going rate. Dude, I was paying it at House of Lords in 1982, no, three, four. I was paying $200 a week, okay, but... I was able to sell retail. In what year? Uh, in 1984. Oh I was God. 20. That's crazy. So $200 a week. That's and crazy. It, so for but, 40, no, 50 years? Yeah, yeah. We've, we've, the prices haven't changed no, now, right? No. What world does that, is that like that? Nobody. Can you name no. any other no. real estate industry? Because here's, here's where I think we need to recognize. If you're a booth renter, I mean, if you're an owner of a rental salon, you are a landlord. <laughs> Yeah, that's what you are. It's exactly what you're not a popular one. (laughs) You're not a popular one. Because you're trying to cross the line. You're trying to be a business owner and a landlord at the same time. Uh And the reality is you're a landlord. Yeah. And this is your cubicle and this is my rules. And you can have one vase, one picture that's framed, not a bunch of bullshit tacked on your mirrors, a nice floral you know, this is why I like the sweets model because they can do whatever okay, well, they have want. You been, have, you cycle, have you been to one and looked around? Oh yeah, but that is a, but okay. So here's okay. The, the, but, no, there's no receptionist. There's no way in. There's no, right. and which you know, is no. which is the. I couldn't work in one. Okay, just me personally. Oh, I, I would want in to work in one. I can't. I wouldn't want to. A work ceiling in one. over here. Yeah. No. Not to mention, I don't want to sit and talk to your for forty five minutes time. for the client. Okay, like, let me run and get lunch. Yeah. Really. That's what goes on. And I think when I first started working at home, I, I kind of, you know, I had dress codes and, oh, that was, didn't go over big either. But get your G-string yeah. out of your ass and, and stop, you know. <laughs> Pick up your shit. And then yeah. trays covered with dirty instead of just putting your shit away. I mean, yeah. I got to the point where, I'm sorry, this is not what I signed up for. I have, and I don't want to do it anymore. So, right. I mean, I got mad when the the signs went up in the window. I tried to tell all the stylists on time, but they called in sick that day, and yeah, yeah. they walk in, and there's Jim Crone's sign, Julianne's done. Yeah. And and I didn't think they think that I'd do it. Yeah. But boy, that was the best day of my life when that sold in 12 hours. <laughs> I I mean, I still pinch myself. Where would I be right now? Yeah. You know, Skid Row and <laughs> right, right. <laughs> an alcoholic because I'm so crazy. Yeah. Um, but I just think. I think we had had such a great career and then being on the downtown business association and watching the, the town grow and embrace hairdressers and give them things to do that were cool. I mean, we always did fun stuff, photo shoots, photo shoots of photo shoots. You remember the one in the park in the middle of the night, like you flew back from Cabo <laughs> with Thora. Thora. Yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah. Like it was a Dia de los Muertos. Yes, I know, but Muertos, I, yeah. I seriously had just gotten <laughs> off a cruise and showed up yeah. in the middle of the night and we had our models. I still have all the print. Yeah. It's not digital type. But that's but passion. That's well, fashion. It's costuming. I'll that's do anything. Fashion I'll, that's fashion to go go. I think we should probably cut it there, don't you? I think it's All perfect. right. Well, thank you, Shauna Cruz, uh, not only for being my one of my best friends and supporting all these years and the shit that we put up with. And oh yeah, I like the comment that you're a you're a pit bull and I'm a shark. I thought that was good. <laughs> Where was that? Um, it was. Um, that. It starts with an H. It's a young man that used to carry an attaché case to our. Um, <laughs> Who likes all my posts on Facebook? Yeah, that one, yeah, yeah, that thing. one. Yeah, there's a few. Yeah, so um, I wish all the salon owners the best select during COVID. Um, my focus is going to be uh, really trying to educate back um, haircutting. So um, I know my team's doing really well, but I think it's time to really hit the bones back on really learning how to cut hair again. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter how long you've been in the industry. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm learning how to probably 
vocally cut hair again, but I, cause I, for so many years, I, I teach the method that Alan developed and, but, um, I'm doing wonderful work and I'm not stressed out and my clients love their haircuts. It's because yeah. I'm not, I'm not stressed out. Right. right I don't, yeah. I don't have to worry about who didn't lock the salon and left the alarm on right, and have right. to go back in the yeah. middle of the night and who's got the fob yeah. and you know, yeah, the alarm's going off. And can the I, are coming. can I do my little plug? Yes, okay. please. This, um, I'd love so, to get up and get a glass of wine while you talk. No, no, turn. no. I'm not even going to take that long. Jeez. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Shadow's got the floor. Okay, go. <laughs> I had to steal the floor. I know. Shadow, it is the Julianne show, and officially it is the Julianne show. So it we're going to back show. No. So I just want to for one second. Okay, go. Only because this is, so for me, like, what I figured out is that I am so passionate about helping creative people, like, find that happy place when it comes to money. Mm-hmm. So that's all. And that's I am that person that is a creative person mm-hmm. that just, you know, you just I, want to be creative. I just want somebody yeah. to add, run my books. Like, right. you know, I don't yeah. want to think about right. anything. Yeah. And, right. and so thank you for being such a cruise your profit <laughs> uh, situation and helping all the other hairdressers that I've sent to you too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. some of them didn't know even how to navigate, which they're me right. because no, totally. we navigate, yeah. you know, so it's on. just, it's a heart. It's a hard thing. You know, like I, I feel like you can't be in this business without having a servant heart. Yeah. And so, you know, after all these years of being in the business, even though I'm not doing hair as a regular gig anymore, it's still my heart is in the place of like, I want to help people. Mm-hmm. And to me, I want to help my community. My community is still hairdressers, creative salon owners. Although now we're on airplanes doing on location in Nashville. <laughs> um, yeah. Din, uh, Guadalajara. Guadalajara. Yeah. So, Mexico. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, here's to yeah. our, our Spanish coast, Sergio. Sergio. Yeah. So she's <laughs> in high school and I'm in second grade. <laughs> I'm not high school. Yeah. I'm like J- junior high. All right. Well, send yourself off with a little plug about what you do and where you, how people can get a hold of you. So currently in uh, production is shawnacruz.com. Currently you can find me at cruiseyourprofit.com. And of course, Shauna Cruz, which is S-H-A-W-N-A-C-R-U-I-S-E, everywhere. Okay. That's my brand. And I've got Fashion to Go-Go. Um, and you can, I can't remember where I'm signing on right now, but I'm sure Eric will uh, <laughs> chime in in a minute. Um, oh, and thank you to Eric Bills too. He's behind the scenes. He's a producer that's helping me become a better podcaster and and I appreciate all your input and I appreciate even the things that you think I could do better or you know because this is new to me but I'm used to having great. I'm used to having it. an yeah. arena with yeah. a cool costume on I'm not but this to... is an arena you don't even know that this the yeah, internet is we'll 10 times popular we both get it way yeah. bigger yeah. than any arena yeah you're right guys I got some subscribers thank yeah. you Tracy Overlease for being the first <laughs> one how Council much do Lord? I suck for not being the first I know, one? I suck big time, but we're we're gonna have some time. I haven't seen Shauna in months. We've both been traveling extensively, and uh, so we're gonna sign out and uh, crack a bottle of wine and nice. sit on the patio and and uh, reminisce, reminisce because we got reminisce and think about the future. Yeah, all right. Future's so, a, right. Here's cheers to you cheers. and your success. You've done super Likewise, great. You did made it out of the weeds. I have yeah. too, and. I wish everybody the it's best. A, it's the been to hell and back kind of feeling. Yeah, it's and I'm not talking COVID. No, I'm talking, I'm talking Robert Irvine. Yeah. You know, yeah, you no, know, weeds. Yeah, we're talking Jim Crow. Jim Crow. Here's Crone, a Jim Crow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, you're not. Yeah, come on. All right. Okay. Peace out. Bye. We love you, Fashion Gogo, Julianne Jones, Shauna uh, Cruz, Shauna Cruz. Uh, you know the shark and the pit bull, Grand. Yeah. That's us. 
time out. Have a great Saturday evening. Uh, let's go hit a nightclub. I'm just kidding. <laughs> a COVID club. Yeah, let's go COVID club. <laughs> let's, go, let's go infect people. <laughs> let's go get infected. I appreciate you listening to me today. I've had so much fun and I've had so much encouragement from others that to do this and I, it took a lot of balls to do it and I did it. But if you want to join and subscribe, it's fashionagogopodcast.com and we'll start getting information out and uh, in my upcoming guests. And uh, I mean, we got it going on. This is our industry. I love what I do. I love making people beautiful. And that's all I got today because I'm drinking champagne with Fran. <laughs>